Welcome to Light Steps Live. Our mission is to open the Word of God to edify the believer and evangelize the world, that people who follow Jesus can walk in the light as He is in the light. The heart of the law can be tricky to understand on our own. Thankfully, Jesus taught about it in His Sermon on the Mount, found in Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 through 26. In today's episode, we learn more on the law and how that affects how God wants us to relate to others. Now, let's think about that for a moment. Let's think about what it looks like to get to the heart of the law. If you go back and look at verse 21 through 26, you'll see that probably your Bible's subheading that's inserted there by your authors, excuse me, not by your author, not by the author, but by your editor, you'll you'll see there that it probably says something about anger. But I believe there's this really cool process right here that the scripture unfolds that is more comprehensive than simply saying, don't be angry, okay? And we're really tempted these days to be angry at people, whatever side of the political spectrum you're on, whatever side of the uh, spectrum you're on at looking at current events. We're really tempted to get angry at people we can't even get any resolution from. We're really tempted to get angry with people who aren't doing what we think they ought to be doing. We're really tempted to get angry with um people in our workplace, our neighbors, our family. This is a time where one of our emotions of frustration, because we feel so out of control, anger can really grab hold to us. So I believe this Sermon on the Mount comes at a really good time right now for for all of us who are dealing with a myriad of emotions because we're so out of control. And it came at a good time in humanity when Jesus taught it. Why? Because there are, there, there are triply oppressed people. Okay. If not quadruply, um, they're doubly oppressed politically. They have a Roman empire that's taken them over. They have a Jewish political and religious structure that often doesn't make, uh, walking with God even easy to understand. On top of that, they have the oppression of their own flesh. And we know there's the cosmic oppression of a spiritual enemy. There's a lot that you, that an ordinary person in, in Jesus's earthly ministry could have felt totally out of control over. And I think we feel some of those same pressures today. And I think we're tempted to despair. We're tempted to apathy. If you're anything like me, I'm very much tempted to anger. So Jesus doesn't just say, Hey, don't be angry. He actually says, let's understand what the heart of anger is. Let's understand what the heart of God is. And let's understand what the opposite of, of letting anger rule the day looks like. Uh, not letting anger beat you down so that you respond anger down out, you know, but let peace rule you in so that peace can come out. In these next verses, he said to him, it's like, you've heard it said that to those of old, you shall not murder and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. I say to you, everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. It's sort of when I hear, you know, if you remember Scooby-Doo from back in the day where you hear, he would go, ruh row raggy. When I read that, I'm like, you know, man, no, I've never killed anybody. Right? That's awesome. I've never killed anybody. But... Being angry in my heart is also on the same 
Sin scale is murder. Rut row raggy. I, I'm in trouble now. Okay. What has this got to do with the law? So Jesus has just said, we're not doing away with the law. As a matter of fact, I'm here to fulfill it. And don't anybody diminish the law. Don't ignore it. Don't diminish it. Don't demean it with legalism. Okay. And so Jesus just gets right to the heart of the matter. He says, uh, so what you guys have heard is said is um, don't murder. Don't murder. He said, I'm telling you, don't even let anger rule you. Why would Jesus say something like this? Is anger always bad? We already know the answer to that. Righteous anger is not a bad thing. But let's also be honest. Most of our anger doesn't come to us the, because of righteousness. Most of our anger is out of um, some sense of, of, of personal assault, personal offense, some sense that someone has done us wrong, right? That's where most of our anger comes from. Um, but Jesus doesn't just say, don't kill anybody, don't have anger in your heart. He also says, watch your mouth. <laughs> you know, that's my contemporary paraphrase. How does he say that? Um, what, he, what he basically says, don't even call somebody a fool. Don't insult them. Don't hold it in your heart. Don't let it out of your mouth. Don't let it out of your hands. And this is really critical. This is really critical to understand. But in the beginning, it feels like just a bunch of don't do this and don't do that. So let's take just a few moments to unfold how Jesus is getting to the heart of the matter and how he wants to get to the heart of what matters. And he wants to get at your heart and my heart, too. Okay. Jesus clearly says that anger and contempt, okay, anger in the heart and contempt, that's, you know, how do, how do they explode? Contempt explodes through words. Anger explodes through actions. The highest contempt is, and the highest anger is murder. Some other contempt and anger expressed are words. That begins as an interior issue. You understand what I'm saying? Jesus is saying the problem isn't only or even primarily the gun in your hand, the knife in your hand, the words on your tongue. The issue primarily is your heart. The issue primarily is your heart. And uh, I've always, well, when I was a kid, I bought into the rhetoric. You know, sticks and stones break my bone, words never hurt me. I would say that, but I would all, I was always saying it, trying to convince myself that the words didn't actually hurt. Anybody know what I mean? Like they were hurting, but you were trying to tell yourself, sticks and stones may break my bones, but yeah, those words, they don't hurt as bad as sticks and stones. I've had some words that have hurt me deeper and longer than sticks and stones did. I was telling somebody a funny story. I had three older brothers and we loved to play King of the Hill. And one time we were doing it and I was trying to get to the top of the hill and my brother's side kicked me in the stomach and I was pretty sure my stomach went through my spleen and somehow fell out of the back of my leg. It was hurting so bad, I crumbled down to the bottom of the little hill and lay there in a fetal position until they were, you know, done playing King of the Hill. And, and my brother was sort of 
urging me on. He was angry with me. He's like, get up, man. Get up. Don't stay down here. And, and he just wouldn't leave me alone. I just wanted to cry. I wanted to lay there and cry. And, 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 and he wouldn't. And, uh, and he, and he made me get up. And he says, now you try to come back up this hill. Well, nobody had ever taken him off the hill. He was still king of the hill. Well, I thought, well, he, you know, he's going to let me come up the hill here. Big bro is going to let me be king of the hill. He's going to, he's going to, uh, give up the throne, you know. Uh, but you know what happened? When I come back up that hill, he sidekicked me again, this time in the chest, knocked me right back down the hill. And, and when I was telling the story, I was telling it to a, to a young person and, and I was just laughing. They said, you think that's funny? I said, yeah, I think it's funny. I think it's funny now. At the same time, at the same time, I can remember things that people said to me 40 years ago that still hurt. So there's something very deep here to what Jesus is saying. And there's something we need to hear because we can often be very satisfied that we haven't pulled out our 44 and blown someone away. But we're often very satisfied too with the tough things we think about folks, the anger we hold in our hearts toward folks, and the contemptuous words we speak to people. Now in the middle of staying home and now in the middle of all this uneasiness when crisis often makes us see sides of ourselves we weren't prepared for, many of us are seeing um, our hearts in fresh ways. We don't have, uh, we, we can't just run around. We don't have the distractions and we're, you know, we're just sort of locked in finding out who we are. And it's very difficult to discover that at the heart of who I am is a very broken person, a sinful person, a person who is in desperate need of help, a person whose interior needs a radical reorientation. And so Jesus tells them, says, now, hold on, hold on. You guys are trying to worship God. And so you brought your gift to the altar and you got problems with folks back up. Back up. Your worship can't be full. It, it can't be as true as you want it to be. I want you to leave that gift at the altar, and I want you to be reconciled to your brother, he says in verse 24. And then come back and alter, uh, offer the gift. Isn't it interesting? Isn't it interesting that Jesus basically tells us right here that unresolved conflict Unresolved pain with other people can be a hindrance to our personal worship. And it's personal worship being experienced in a corporate setting. Why? How do I know? Because it's at the altar. That's a, that's a, even an altar built out in the wilderness was a public altar. It was meant for people to come along and enjoy. Definitely the temple in there. The altar in the temple in those days, the 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 smaller altars uh, of synagogues of neighborhoods, they were meant to be corporate structures. And so here's someone offering personal worship as part of a corporate structure whose worship is jacked up because of conflict with people. And what's interesting, you know, we often think I'm hurt. They should come to me. Jesus here says you've hurt somebody. Go to them. Which one is right? Yes. The answer is right. <laughs> yes. If you hurt somebody and you know you hurt them, go to them. If somebody's hurt you, go to them. All right. Now, there's more. There's more. There's always more. Somebody say amen. There is always more. 
Jesus has forbidden murder so far. Jesus has condemned hatred and contempt. He has addressed that that sort of spirit within us where all of this originates from. And he has identified that the key problem is our hearts not being right with others. And because our hearts are not right, we act out, we act out from within. We, we have murder in our heart. We have contempt from our tongue and we have uh, action on our hands. But what's interesting to me is that Jesus absolutely does not stop there. Okay. First, he says, y'all are right. The very ancient law against murder is dead on. You've heard it said, don't murder. He says, now I'm telling you, if you want righteousness that will exceed that of the rule keepers, those people who are just interested in keeping the rules outwardly, if you want that, you're right on track if you don't murder. However, however, if you want righteousness that exceeds it, you got to get to the heart of it and not just be satisfied with the hand of it. So he approves that. That's what we have in verse 21. You've heard it said, okay? You heard it said, don't murder. Awesome. I'm telling you don't have anger in your heart. Don't don't be spewing contempt from your mouth. Also, also, I'd like you to be proactive peacemakers. Be Now, you say, Pastor, where'd you get that? Oh, boy, I'm going to tell you where I get that. Um, it says, verse 23, so if you're offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, Leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you're going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge. This is really critical. Jesus is telling us that he not only wants us to not be murderous ourselves, but to be active in the ministry of leading others to also not be murderous, to also not to hold anger in their heart, to also not to speak words of contempt. In other words, he's not satisfied simply with your vessel being contained and clean. He wants you to be missional and on the move. If there is something that excites me, it is the thought of being proactive in a time where we feel crippled or paralyzed or in the minimum reactive. Like we're in the middle of not knowing what's going to happen next. When school is going to start back? When can we get back to normal life? When can we go out in public? When can I sit down in a restaurant? Uh, when will they take away these plastic things at the stores and the banks? And when will just everything, turn? everything is turned upside down and we're going win, 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 win. There's this temptation to be angry. There's this temptation to feel like we can't do ministry. Here God is saying, first off, I want you to allow me to show you what righteousness is and to grant you peace from within. Then I want to make you an agent of my shalom. And I want you to be busy about the work of the Lord. And where do I want you to start? I want you to start in the places where you have broken relationships. Man, you might want to rewind that and listen to it again. He, he doesn't say, he, he doesn't say try to make peace. He says, go make peace with them. Go make peace with them. Don't murder. 
Awesome. Don't have a bad attitude. That's like a murderous attitude. Anger is a murderous attitude. Don't have murderous words. Now. Okay, now that we've stopped having murder in our hands, we recognize that murder can be in our hearts. We see how murder can come from our tongue. Okay, great. Great. You, you've heard it said, don't kill. And lot, I can't tell you how many people I've witnessed to say, well, I ain't never killed nobody. By whose definition? Okay. <laughs> but we're not going to leave it at this, what you haven't done. Jesus wants to question you on what you have done. So who is included in this brother? I, I don't know. We'd have to ask Jesus. There's all kinds of opinions about this. I read several commentaries. Some would say it's just your brothers in the Lord. Some would say it's just your family. Some would say it's the brother of your, you know, the brotherhood of, of community or the brotherhood of humanity. I, I think Jesus means with everybody, with everybody. If somebody, if somebody, if someone anywhere has something of any sort against you and God has pointed it out to you and you can clearly see and it's on your conscience, go seek to rectify that. Now, in closing, the command to not murder seems simple, doesn't it? It seems simple. It's familiar. Right. We, every every society basically has a uh, every society, every culture, every community has a provision against murder. But very few of them have things that says it's not even right for you to go around with anger in your heart. This community of faith that we're part of has such a provision. Don't even go around with anger in your heart. OK. Not only don't go around with anger in your heart, go around with the ministry of peace active in your life. And friends, I'm telling you, in these times where we, we can feel limited in our corporate worship, we can feel limited in our ability to minister as we've been used to ministering, I think what we need to do is to see the holiness and the heart of God through his law, we need to see its broken examples in our world. We need to see its brokenness inside of ourselves. We need to receive the forgiveness of God. We need to abide in the presence of God. And we need to be about the work of reconciliation. We've got plenty to do. Are you angry with somebody in your local church? Seek them out, reconcile. Are you angry with someone in your family? Seek them out. Reconcile. Are you angry with someone in your community? Seek them out. Reconcile. Are you angry with someone in your workplace? Seek them out. Reconcile. Are you angry with some entity or person? Like, are you angry at the Congress or the president or some politician or some party? You can't even, you can't even seek them out and reconcile. You're going to have to seek God and reconcile it. Get at peace about this stuff and don't just be satisfied with getting at peace from within. Be a peacemaker from without. Our ministry hasn't stopped one iota, just like the law. Thanks for listening to this episode on a portion of the Sermon on the Mount. We hope you enjoyed it and will join us next week as we finish out Matthew chapter 5.
you ever thought about visiting our website? It's lightsteps.live. Go visit the website. Find links to our daily devotions. Find access to the books the ministry has written. And also find a space that you can donate and a place that you can contact the ministry to share your questions or your prayer requests with us. We can't wait to hear from you. That's lightsteps.live. Thank you for joining us on Lightsteps Live today. My name is Katie Bose, and the rest of our production team is Andrew Liggett, Shannon Allen, and Steve Riley. Music provided by Banjo Ben Clark. Connect with Banjo Ben at banjobenclark.com. Tim Bose is a pastor of East Rock Community Church and the executive director of My Life Matters, a gospel ministry with a focus on making disciples who become lifelong followers of Jesus. Discover more about My Life Matters at mylifematters.club. Thank you.